You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. in the NFL got off to a rough start when one of the league's biggest stars got hurt, but it's still time for the Pick'em Show. Welcome one, welcome all. We're back doing an afternoon edition of the Pick'em Show. And actually, we always do a little breakdown of the Thursday game first, so. We didn't last week, I don't think. No, we did. did we? we talked a little bit. It was uh, Jags and Bengals, right? Oh, yeah. So, biggest news coming out of that Thursday game is obviously, Russ. yeah, Russell Wilson's blown up finger, had surgery on it. To repair a comminuted, <laughs> I believe. No, Com- I don't know. Something uh, dislocation fracture and extensor tendon tear. Uh, I mean, as soon as I saw that plan, I saw his finger dangling. I knew something was bad, and he wasn't gonna be ready to go. And Pete Carroll tried to play it down in the post-game press conference, like, oh, Russell Wilson is one of the great healers of our time. I don't know what the fuck he's talking (laughs) about, but, you know, Russ hadn't missed a game, so he's going to miss some time. He's going to miss probably close to two months, so figure six to eight games, even if the Seahawks manage to go three and three in those six games, that puts him at five and six if they go four and four, they're six and seven, so they're not like theoretically out of it mathematically, but it certainly isn't a favorable situation for the Hawks. And that game basically went the way I thought it would. I took the Rams. I took the Rams to cover two and a half, and I took the under at 54 and a half, and I think I had the final score as 20. 8-24, and it was 26-17, so I wasn't too far off. And as much as I would like to to say that it was the Russell Wilson injury that made the difference, it wasn't. You know, they, they <laughs> no. were down. They were down in the third quarter, uh, but the play that Russ got hurt was on a a deep throw to Tyler Lockett, where probably would have been a touchdown had they connected, and they would have taken the lead on that. They end up giving the ball back to the Rams. The Rams score a touchdown. And they don't look back from there, really. And the Rams outscored them 13-0 in the third quarter. Geno Smith almost got him back in it. So good to see Geno playing and playing well. But, you know, some miscommunication or a timing route that Tyler Lockett fell down on. And he throws the interception. The game's over. But the Rams had outplayed them in the second half. Uh... 
Jason Myers missed the field goal at the end of the first half that would have put Seattle up 10-3 and at least given them enough cushion where they could have played like a field goal game, they wouldn't have needed uh, touchdowns as badly. But, you know, the Rams are the better team right now. And Seattle's defense looked horrible. They gave up like 500 yards of total offense again. Uh, they did enough to keep themselves in the game, though. They scored first. They <laughs> held the Rams to a field goal in the first half. So their defense was playing as good as it's played all season. So at least there's maybe some hope. It didn't look as dire, but they still ended up giving a ton of yards in the end. Robert Woods had like 150 yards receiving. Wasn't pretty, but, you know. It looked almost possible early on. It was. It was close, and those games are always close. Uh, but Sean McVay has gotten the better of Seattle since he came to town. They have a winning record against the Seahawks since moving to L.A. Only one year of that was Jeff Fisher's team, so they've had a surprisingly good record under McVeigh. They're now 4-3 and three on the road in Seattle uh, in his tenure. So it's just not a good matchup for the Seahawks. It never has been. Even when the Rams sucked and they played in St. Louis still, they would almost always give the Seahawks problems just because Aaron Donald is so good. And he gets in Russell Wilson's face, and it happened again. And the main reason that I picked the Rams is because Russell Wilson is ranked 26th in sack percentage. So he gets sacked about 10% of the time, whereas Matt Stafford is ranked first in sack percentage at getting sacked only about 2% of the time. So I was like, well, you got Aaron Donald on one side, and he's going to be pressuring Russell Wilson all night. That sack number is indicative of Russ, A, holding the ball too long, and B, their offensive line breaking down too much. So I, I had to take the Rams in that one. I didn't like taking the Rams in that one, but I'll take the win and move on. Uh, they were... 68% favorites in that game. Surprising it was only 68%, but only one person in our pick'em league took the Seahawks. But moving from one bird of prey to another, the Jets are on the road hosting the Falcons. Not sure what the Falcons really are yet. They're not good, we know that, <laughs> but trying to figure out exactly how bad they are is an experiment. They're 83% favorites to win this game. The Falcons? Yeah, at least here on the on the pick'em app, they're 83% mm. favorites to win. Uh, the Jets are coming off a win against the really beat-up Titans routine that didn't respect them. And they rested some guys thinking, like, you know, we don't really need it. But you saw that without A.J. Brown and without the ability to throw the ball for Tannehill and get those guys downfield, they're not that good. Uh, they ended up scoring and missing a field goal in overtime that would have tied it, but best-case scenario, they tie against a winless team. So I said if the Titans lose that game, I have no faith in them as real contenders this year, and I'm going to stand by that. What I saw from them is that they're not a team that prepares the right way because no disrespect to the Jets, but the Titans still should have found a way to win that game. But their defense sucks. The, the changes they made to help the defense haven't been helping so far. And, I mean, the Jets were going to win a game sooner or later. Uh, but if you're a real contender and you're a playoff team and you're playing arguably the worst team in the league that has done really nothing well all season, you got to find a way to win that game. And they almost did, but they were down basically the whole time. 
And I think they had to tie it to force overtime. Or they may have taken the lead and then the Jets tied it right at the end. I don't remember exactly, but... Heading into this game, the Falcons... Uh, they play last week. I don't even remember. Oh, they lost a close shootout game to Washington. So, the Falcons, I think, are slightly better than the Jets. Um, but, you know, they're both 1-3. and three. They're both near the bottom of the league. The Falcons just lost at home to Washington. So, it's not like they're bulletproof at home. Uh, they have the veteran quarterback. Like, the Falcons should win this game. But, man, do I hate picking the Falcons. They burned me so <laughs> many times last year. They blew so many fourth quarter leads last year that I don't have faith. And they didn't even have faith because their interim head coach who stepped in and took the job once they fired Dan Quinn, they didn't keep him around. Raheem Morris left, and he's defensive coordinator somewhere else where I don't know exactly where right now. Uh, it just happened recently. It might even be like the Rams or something because I just heard his name the other night. But sorry, Raheem Morris. I don't know where you're working. But the Falcons should win this game. No thoughts on this game? You have Ridley, but he's not playing. Yeah. You picked, up, you picked up Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. True. Number 17. He's a, not a beast yet, but he might be. I mean. Isn't his first name like Olamedius too? Something he's like He's like a Greek god. <laughs> Olamedius Zacchaeus. I can I cannot remember, but yes. Yeah, what's his first Ola, name? Olamide or Olamide? I don't know how Ola, you would... Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide. Yeah. So if anybody's poised to have a good game, it's him. When I used to play the old Madden games, <clears throat> and they would have the the draft after each like franchise season was over, they would have to populate all these like strange names for the players. And guaranteed, like, the guy with the weird name was going to be a baller. So it was just like, I would just draft some weirdo who didn't have good draft stats and be like, I'll find a way to make him good. And turns out, like, all the guys with the weird names were beasts. So, well, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Go 17, and I need, I need all the help I can get. There, he could be in for a big a game start. there. Yeah, I think the Falcons probably win. I'm hoping Jamison Crowder has a nice second day. You can't just, like, focus on Corey Davis so much anymore with him back, so. I mean, I don't think the Jets, can the Jets win two weeks in a row by yeah, chance? I, I mean, if there was a game that they could win, this is going to be it. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a lot of confidence coming off the Tennessee game. They didn't let Derrick Henry, you know, crush him down the stretch. Like, look what happened to Seattle when they played Tennessee, right? Seattle was up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't stop Derrick Henry from taking over the game yeah. with a two-touchdown lead. So they're going to have confidence that, you know, the Falcons aren't going to be able to dominate them on the ground, which was never going to be the plan anyway. This is going to be a passing attack kind of a game. So, I don't know. I've got to lean Falcons. There's a reason they're 84% favorites in this one. And then we have uh, the Packers on the road at the Bengals. Packers 90% favorites. Some people are going to pick the Bengals here. I think Chris is going to pick the Bengals. He was supposed to do the pick'em show with us today, but he never answered my text. So <laughs> You bailed. He did. That sucks, Chris. He'll he'll come in and do a show with us at some point, though. He wanted to do it. Because okay. we do it a little bit when he stops by on Thursday or Friday. Well, he'll start talking about the games. I'm like, oh, we're not doing a pick'em show, man. The pick'em show I do later. He's like, what? You do a pick'em show? I'm like, yeah, you can hear all the picks I'm going to make for the week and just pick against me, pick strategically against me to win a couple games here and there. And I don't know. I got to bounce back. That 8-8 eight eight week sucks, but at least I stayed above 500, so... 
but that's two like really rough weeks in the first four. But I've learned a lot more. What I've seen from the Bengals is that they are pretty good, but the Packers are the Packers. And if the Packers show up and respect the fact that the Bengals are not, you know, as bad as they have been in the past, the Packers win that game. But I, I can I can promise you at least two people in our league are going to take the Bengals in that game. I was tempted to, to be honest. It's possible. They're not bad. I just don't know that they're ready to beat the Packers yet. Yeah. But if they, if the Bengals do something semi-significant early on, is the Packers going to try to come back? The Bengals have a good defensive line, so they can get after Rodgers. But give the ball to Aaron Jones. Let him set the tone. Uh, you know, force the defense to play on their heels a little bit. And I think the matchups, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams than Joe Burrow and Higgins and Chase. Chase is good and having, or Higgins is on the Bengals, isn't he? Or is it? No, he's on the Browns. No, Bengals. He's on the Bengals. T. Higgins, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they got Boyd, Higgins, Burrow. I mean, I think their receiving core is better because outside of Adams, it's a significant fall off at that point. And Mixon's not playing in this game either. So that's going to be a big detriment to Cincinnati's offense. But that Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers connection. Plus Randall Cobb's playing really well right now too. And he's given them a receiving option they haven't had the last couple of years. So he's back in Green Bay playing well. Got to go Packers on that one. Moving on. NFC North matchup. Between the Lions and the Vikings, Lions 0-4, Vikes 1-3. Vikings coming off a very disappointing game where they scored first against the Bengals. No, the Browns. Sorry, other Ohio team. They scored first. They went up 7-0 on the Browns. And then they didn't score the rest of the game. And I think they lost 14-7. I mean, their defense did a decent job of keeping uh, the Browns offense in check they gave themselves a chance to win but after that first drive they couldn't get anything going so the Browns defense is legit the Lions struggle I picked the Lions to beat the Bears like a dumbass <laughs> just yeah it's like the logic I used to pick the Bears over the Bengals at uh in Chicago a couple weeks ago was that like the Bears defense is just better than like a young offense, you know? They've been together a long time. They know what to do. They don't need to score that much to win the game. And that's the game that they played against the Lions. And I was just like, oh, Stafford's good enough and blah, blah, blah. No. Incorrect. Lions are not good. Uh, can they win this game against the Vikings? Maybe. Do I pick the Vikings again? First, I didn't pick them when I thought they would win. So then the following week, I picked them because I didn't pick them the week before, thinking that they'd be a good underdog play at home. And now they're at home again, and they're the favorites. And similar to the Falcons, these guys let me down. I can't trust them, so... Well, I need them to have a really good day, yeah. so... I just, from what I've seen from the Lions, I can't pick the Lions yet. I'll cheer for the Lions. <laughs> I like underdogs, and the Lions are a team that, like, it's going to take them a while to get their shit together, but I don't know. I feel like I want to pull for that team to succeed. So, probably got to stick with the Vikings. They're 95% favorites. The biggest favor we've seen so far this week. 
Then we get the Broncos on the road at the Steelers. I think Teddy Bridgewater is playing in this game after the concussion, so he should be good to go. That's a tough one. Steelers don't score points. Um, They've been a little disappointing. Yeah, thank God I have the one guy on their offense that does anything. And Deontay Johnson. At least he's getting his 10 targets and a touchdown. Do I have anybody on the Broncos? No. I would have liked to get Cortland Sutton, but can't. Uh, the Broncos defense is pretty good. It's going to come down to like whether or not the Steelers defense is too good for the Broncos offense. Because the Broncos beat up on three really bad teams and looked great doing it. Then they played the Ravens, and the Ravens kicked their ass. Like, it was not competitive, and that game was in Denver. And Bridgewater got hurt in that game, too, so maybe that had something to do with it. But nonetheless, the first time they played a legitimately good team, they got handled easily. Are the Steelers a legitimately good team? No. Are they a good team that's underachieving? Maybe. Are they a bad team? Quite possibly, they are. But it's tough to believe that the Steelers are bad. Their offensive line definitely is not good, though. They used to be an offensive line-oriented team. That was their identity. That was the kind of argument, like I was talking about with Chris over uh, the show yesterday. Their identity was all offensive line, run the ball, play defense. And that, like, created the rift with them and Le'Veon Bell. It led to John Connor seeking greener pastures. And then they got rid of everybody on the offensive line and basically started from scratch. So I don't know if they're trying to get Roethlisberger killed so that he'll, like, finally retire and just let it go. But their backup, Dwayne Haskins, like, he's not ready to be the Steelers quarterback. Not at all. So unless they get that figured out, they're in trouble. But their defense might be good enough to beat the Broncos here. So I understand why they're favored 60-40 here. It's not a bad game to take the Broncos if you like the Broncos. I think they bounce back and probably have a better game. But going on the road after losing for the first time, this is a Steelers team that is super, super desperate right now. Like, if they don't win, their season's basically over because they'll be 1-4 and four at that point. They would have to almost win out. Everything on the stretch. Yeah, with 17 games, they could maybe be 10-7 and seven and get in as a wild card. But I don't know. But that would mean they'd have to go 10-3 and three down the stretch. But the Steelers were 12-0 and 0 at one point last season. So it's like this team, when they play well and play together, they're capable of winning. And they've lost close games other than the Green Bay game. The loss to Cincinnati was close. Um, who else did they play? They lost to the Raiders. And that game was close for a little while. And then TJ Watt got hurt and left the game and the Raiders pulled away. So it's like, I don't feel that the Steelers are as bad as their record. And I don't feel that the Broncos are as good as theirs either. So I don't know. The Steelers have burned me though. Same. The week I picked the Bills, the Steelers beat them. And then I picked the Steelers every other week and the Steelers lose all three of those. So coin toss. I've lost on the Steelers every week, um, so I feel like whatever I pick here is going to be wrong, um, and I don't know what I want to happen, so I think I would still favor the Steelers there, though. Moving down to the next game, it is a Florida showdown, so you know some crazy shit's going to happen in the stands and in the, in the, uh, the stadium, outside the stadium and the tailgate. It's in Tampa, Miami, on the road, at the Champs. 
98% favorites for the Bucks. I don't know who that 1.2% of people is picking Miami. <laughs> it's either hardcore Dolphins fans or people that are looking to sneak in like an upset pick somewhere that need it because they know that everybody's going to pick the Bucks. So let's take the Dolphins and hope the Dolphins pull something off. Um, Dolphins ain't winning this game, though. Not nearly good enough. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was super frustrated. Played like crap last week. Getting hit a lot. Their offensive line's not that good. Their running game's not that good. So I don't know what happened to the Dolphins between the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Like, the Tua injury shouldn't be this drastic to them. Like, they're still young and athletic in all the same positions. Maybe it was that, like, the game against the Bills at the end of last season where all they needed to do was win against a Bills team that didn't care and the Bills went out there and obliterated them and their confidence is maybe shot I don't know they gave up like 50 points in that game like it wasn't even close uh and uh, most of that scoring happened like late in the game with the Bills like second and third stringers out there so it's like they found out that wow we're not even good enough to play with the Bills backup players and so that can be frustrating and demoralizing. I like Brian Flores as a coach, but um, they're not winning this game. If, if there was one lock, I would say that should be the one. Especially in Tampa. Right? Yeah, I mean, at least Miami doesn't have to travel, right? Like, they could take a bus and, like, drive <laughs> there overnight. They don't have to fly. They're not going to sleep in their own beds before the game, but uh, that's a, it's a semi-long drive. It's maybe, like, five, six hours. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I drove from Sebring to Miami, and that was five hours-ish, and Sebring's a little bit uh, east of Tampa, if I am not mistaken. Don't kill me over Florida geography, but Bucks, Bucks all day, twice on Sunday. And elsewhere in the NFC South, you got the Saints on the road at Washington, Saints finally got back to the Superdome last week and lose in overtime to the winless Giants at the time. Disappointing. Going into that game, I was like, I don't know if the Saints are a good team or not, but if they want to be consistent, they got to start by beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. And that was a game that they're supposed to win at home. And they had the lead. And they blew it. So their defense isn't as good as it was last year. But they struggled in the first month of the season last year, too, and eventually became one of the better defenses in the league. But I think they don't have Janoris Jenkins anymore. I think I think Eli Apple left also. Um, so that means they still have Malcolm Jenkins, and I can't think of their supposedly star corner's name. It's going to kill me. I'll figure it out, maybe. <laughs> um, but they're on the road at Washington. Both teams 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Both teams play close games. I don't know that either team is good or bad at this point. Um, they're both figuring some things out. It's a different Washington than they're supposed to be, but it looks like they're still offensive-oriented. I would think that Washington had the better defense, but I don't know that that's the case. They give up a ton of points, um, but they're at home. Antonio Gibson, they got Scary Terry. I think their offense is better than the Saints right now. I don't know that Heineke is better than Winston or anything like that, but Saints being 
favorites here on the road is a little surprising. If you're looking for an upset game, this might be a good one to take. Um, I almost had to pick up Heineke and Fantasy. I still might have to, depending on how things shake out, but... Oops, sorry, I hit the microphone. Um, so I think we'll still have to wait and see on that one, but I may go Washington. Not trustworthy either way there, but I like Scary Terry. I need him to have a good day again. He should have a good one. I don't think the Saints uh, can deal with him. And then uh, Philadelphia at Carolina. Carolina's 87% favorites. Um, the Eagles can win this game, but I don't know. The Eagles defense hasn't looked great since losing Brandon Graham. Their offense didn't look great until they played the Chiefs, who have no defense either. Uh, so the Panthers have a much better defense. They just got Stephon Gilmore. I don't know if he's going to play this week or not, but he's on the team. He's going to help since that J.C. Horn injury hurt them. And I think the Panthers playing against uh, Dallas last week, you know, they were ahead in that game at one point. They were playing well. Looked like they were about to beat Dallas on the road with a kind of a beat-up defense for the Cowboys. And ultimately, the Dallas defense is just, like, too athletic and their offense was too dominant. But the Eagles aren't the Cowboys. They do have Jalen Hurts. Gotta favor the Panthers here, but this is a game where Chris thinks the Eagles might win, so I hope he picks them. Because <laughs> that'll help both of us if we take the Panthers. But yeah, Panthers play defense, run the football a little bit better, and they're at home. Tough game for the Eagles. And then we get to an AFC South showdown between the Titans and the Jaguars. Titans are 93% favorites, but I don't see how they can be that high after the debacle with the Jets last week. I'm never going to trust the Titans again. I don't think the Jags beat them because that's a division rivalry. They know each other well. Chark is out for the Jaguars too, so it changes the way that they're going to have to play. But the Titans' defense is not that good. So yeah, James Robinson, it's a good chance that he balls out in that game. Wish I had him again this year. If you I have, think Toast has him. If you have Chenault or Marvin Jones, those guys probably have a good game too. But the games that, at least over the past few seasons, where Derrick Henry has like ignited into superhero mode have come against division rivals come against the Jaguars he's made the I think he's got two 200 yard games against the Jaguars which is crazy and I wouldn't be surprised if he has another 200 yard game especially after last week like they're gonna have to establish him Julio Jones is still out for the Titans AJ Brown's back been practicing I need him and with Julio out they're gonna send a lot of double teams his way but he's still gonna be typically better than most of the guys on the Jags defense so I'd actually kind of want to see the Jaguars win. I'm not the biggest Titans fan anymore, but I think the Titans probably win that game. And then we go New England on the road to Houston. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor's playing yet. If he is, the Texans have a chance, but he's probably not, which is why the Patriots are 95% favorites in that game. It's a high percentage favorite, too, I believe. 
It's one of the highest. Yeah, Tampa's the highest. Uh, so the Patriots should win. Their defense should be good enough. Uh, and in the battle of rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones is just in a much better situation than Davis Mills. And the Patriots should gain some confidence having after uh, having played the Bucks pretty close and almost winning that game. So Patriots should win that game. We go to Chicago at Las Vegas. Interesting game because the Raiders are coming off that loss. Chicago maybe can see some vulnerability in how they played against the Chargers so they can maybe map out like what the Chargers were doing well. Khalil Mack has the potential to wreck the Raiders offense. And I'm not 100% sure how good the Raiders are. That 3-0 was nice. They picked up some good wins. They beat the Steelers on the road. They beat the Ravens at home. I don't remember who their third win was against. But nonetheless, they were 3-0. They're 3-1 now. If I remember it, I'll say something. But the Bears could be problems in that game. Justin Fields is finally starting. He could present some problems that the Raiders aren't necessarily prepared to deal with. Uh, the Raiders' defense has played better, but the Chargers really outplayed them by a, a wide margin on that Monday night game. Was it Monday night? I think it was Monday night last yeah. week, yeah. Do you want me to look it up for you? What are you looking up? Did you say you wanted to know who won the other game? Yeah, who else did the Raiders beat besides the Steelers? They beat three decent teams. Steelers, Ravens, and... Can't remember right now. There's so much football stuff to keep track. Raiders. Baltimore. That was the first game. Mm-hmm. Week two. Pittsburgh. That was week two. Miami. Miami. That's right. On the road, they got a win against Miami. I don't know. I'm. I'm thinking maybe Chicago. They're big underdogs in this game. I'm not looking at the spread or anything, but 92% of people, 92.99% are picking the Raiders. That's a lot. After the way they looked, it's either the Chargers are really, really good and they just completely neutralize the Raiders for the most part, or the Raiders weren't that good to begin with and they happen to just like beat couple of subpar teams and have a miracle win against the Ravens in week one that's possible too I think that game's going to be closer than this pick'em line indicates and then speaking of the Chargers this is going to be a good game Cleveland on the road at SoFi against the Chargers both teams are three and one Chargers looked really good last week. They've got wins over a Raiders team that was 3-0. They beat the Chiefs. They beat Washington, and they lost a close game to Dallas. So the Chargers are good. They're legitimately good. And then Cleveland lost a close game to Kansas City, and then they beat Houston, and they beat some other okay team and then last week beat minnesota on the road 
Minnesota's not as bad as their record either, so that was a good win for Cleveland. And it was really a good win because of how well their defense played. Their offense didn't do much. They're still trying to figure out getting uh, Odell Beckham Jr. back into the swing of things. It's been a Landry offense over there for the last couple seasons. And I don't really think you want Baker Mayfield throwing the ball that much anyway. So I think the Chargers are rightly favored there. But the team with the better defense is going to win that game. The Chargers, I'd say, have the better offense, but the Browns have the better running game. So if the Browns can control the clock and play defense, they've got a good chance. If it comes down to which quarterback is going to win the game, I'll take Justin Herbert in that exchange. Do you want me to give you the info of the wins? Yes, please. It was Houston, mm -hmm. Chicago, and Minnesota. Chicago, that's right. They beat the Bears 26-6, to right? Yes, 26-6, to six, week three. Yeah, I just need my memory jogged a little bit. Uh, I'll be your fact checker for you. Then. Yeah, that works. <laughs> toast doesn't work for me, so oh. if he's listening, I don't know how we could make it work, Toast, but I know you need to get paid, and I can't pay you, so <laughs> do what you got to do. Get your money, young man. And speaking of Toast, the next game on the docket is his team, the Giants, at the Cowboys. Cowboys are 96% favorites. I think that's probably accurate. I actually kind of want it to be a Cowboys game, so the Giants play from behind, and Daniel Jones has to run for 100 yards and a touchdown. And But that's this week. I can't even play Daniel Jones yet. I picked him up because Russ bashed his finger, but either way, Danny Dimes is my quarterback now. He's actually he was outscoring Russell Wilson in fantasy, so it's not the end of the world, but... At least if there's a, a game that I maybe don't want to play Jones, it's against the good Cowboys defense. The Cowboys are rightly favored here. Saquon's starting to look good again, though. Uh, Ingram's back from injury, but hasn't looked good so far. This could be a close, interesting game. The Giants defense actually ended up being pretty good by the end of the season last year, and it won some games for them down the stretch. I don't know if they're still as good as they were, but... I think that's going to be a good game. The NFC East rivalry games are always good games. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. It's an afternoon game. Got to favor the Cowboys, though. They're playing really well. They're playing with all the confidence in the world. Ezekiel Elliott's finally coming off a game where he looked like himself again. I think he had like 140 yards or something. So if they can play like that and involve the tight end, you can shut down the receivers all you want, but you're dedicating a lot of resources to doing so, and that allows Ezekiel Elliott and Dalton Schultz to tear some shit up underneath. And Marcus Pollard, I believe is his name, right? Marcus? He's on your team. I know he's Pollard, but don't pay attention to the first name. <laughs> I could be completely wrong about that. Let me check. I'm going to call him Marcus until I'm proven wrong. No, you are wrong. I'm wrong? You're wrong. Oh, man. Sorry, Marcus. You're not even close. <laughs> Tony Pollard. Tony. Tony. I don't know why I don't know why I was calling him Marcus. I'm confusing him with another player. Who's Marcus? I don't know. There's got to be some Marcuses in the NFL. Okay, let me check. Tony Pollard is playing really well. Marcus. Look up Marcus Pollard separately. Like in... Just Google it pretty sure this man exists Tony's. gonna get some gonna get some random person on facebook it's like he's a former football player yeah okay see that's why i'm confusing it 
Was he a running back? He was a tight end and current director of player development and youth football for Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Well, there's Marcus Pollard right there. But I feel like that was a lucky... No, the reason oh. I was confusing him was because I've been watching football for so long. Pollard was just sparking some other first name. Tony Pollard. Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> I'm going to remember that from now on. Next time we do a show and we're talking about Dallas and we're talking about Pollard, I will not be calling him Marcus. Okay. Cowboys probably win that game. <laughs> Moving on. I hope you get so. <laughs> You get uh, San Francisco on the road at Arizona. Kittle is on IR. Trey Lance is starting. This is a different Niners team than the one that started the season. They're very banged up everywhere. Their secondary is really beat up. They lost back-to-back games. So all the hope that they had when they were 2-0 got scuttled a little bit. And they're in a position where they need to find their identity again. Chris is going to take the Niners in this game. Because he can't pick against them. Even though he should. Arizona's got a weird thing where they play down to their competition. So if they don't take the Niners seriously, this could be a situation where they get beat. But they're at home. They're receiving depth. And their dual threat at running back, plus the mobility of Kyler Murray, is going to create some problems. The Niners defensive line is going to have to really contain him well. Uh, but division rivalry game should be close. You know, I kind of hope the Niners win to end the Cardinals undefeated season, but I mean, they got to lose at some point, right? You would think so. Could it be this game then? It could be. You don't know what Trey Lance is going to bring to the table. You look at his game last week and he actually ended up playing probably better than both of the other quarterbacks in the game. If you just look at the stat line. I think he had the highest quarterback rating, the best efficiency, uh, and, and the most passing touchdowns. No Garoppolo this week, too? Right? No, Jimmy G's calf is still messed up. And it's funny, before the season started, Chris and I had talked, and I asked him, like, if you're a Niners fan, like, what kind of record would you have to look at at the beginning of the season to think that, like, you're making a change to Trey Lance? And he said 2-2. Two and two. And so it just so happened that Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt in their fourth game and now the Niners are 2-2, two and two, <laughs> and Trey Lance is starting his first game for the 49ers, so. Omen? Yeah, maybe. I mean, but as a 49er fan, this is like, if we don't start better than 2-2, two and two, we should make a change at quarterback. And so now the change is forced upon them. And, like, from what I've seen from Lance, he reminds me a lot of Kaepernick. Like, mm. his body style, his movement, his physicality, like, all those things remind me very much of Kaepernick. Kaepernick's still out there somewhere, like, looking for a job. So if he wasn't blacklisted by the NFL, it seems like he would just be on the 49ers right now. Um, Seattle took a look at him a couple times, though, but I think they're happy to just stick with Geno Smith for now. Anyway, I got to take the Cardinals in this game. Sorry, Chris. I think the Niners will get better once they figure out who they are with a new quarterback at the helm. If Lance plays well again against the Cardinals... Jimmy G may not get his starting job back. Yeah. Because he can just do things that Garoppolo can. They were already trying to run a two-quarterback system anyway, and so Lance has played a little bit here and there. Scored a touchdown, actually, already in his NFL career. So 
now he's the signal caller. Now he's got to make the decisions, and he's got to get the right guys in the right place at the right time, and I just don't know that he's uh, got the experience to do that just yet. Um, and the Cardinals now have Chandler Jones and TJ Watt coming after you on the defensive side, so it's going to be a welcome to the NFL rookie kind of game. I got to favor the Cardinals. And then we move to Sunday night for the big one. Bum, 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 bum. Bills rematch game at the Chiefs. AFC title game rematch from last season. They actually played twice last season. Chiefs got them both times. They played the year before that. Chiefs got them then too. So Third time's a charm this yeah, year. Yeah, Bills have not won in against the Chiefs in the Josh Allen era. But we saw Lamar Jackson do it, and he had never beat them either. We saw Justin Herbert do it, and... He hadn't done it. Granted, he had only played a season. So, But all these other good quarterbacks hadn't beaten him just yet. Why am I getting a call from Rochester, Minnesota? They heard you talking shit about the Vikings. Right? Oh, shit. I was going to say, is that Marcus Pollard calling me right now? <laughs> but he's not in Minnesota. He's in Jacksonville, where football goes to die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we have... Bills Chiefs. Chiefs are favored at home. I think they're two and a half point favorites. But fuck that noise. Bills are winning this game. Go Bills. I mean, I took them in the AFC title game last. I said Bills by a billion. We're going all day. It's like the thing is the Bills have played like they played a little scared of the Chiefs, right? Because it's like the Chiefs have been the measuring stick. So they've gone into those games like not playing to win, but playing not to lose. And they've played poorly because of it. Uh, Chiefs got away with a ton of holding in the title game last year so that had a lot to do with the bills receivers not getting open but now the chiefs defense is maybe worse than it's ever been i think chris jones is out of the game so their d-line is in deep shit uh plus they haven't been overperforming yet this year either. No, they scored 42 points last week against the Eagles, but the Eagles scored 30 on them, and the Eagles didn't move the ball really at all the previous two weeks. So if the Eagles offense can move the ball against the Chiefs, the Bills offense is going to move the ball. Yeah. And if I'm the Bills, like I want to keep Mahomes off the field. I want to mix in that running game that they've developed so far, get Zach Moss in there, pound in the run, especially with Chris Jones out. you got to test the D-line. you got to make sure that you can get ahead. And if the Bills can play from ahead in that game, they have the better defense, and they just have to not make the killer mistake that gives the Chiefs a chance. If they can get up two possessions and play defense, and their offense is working, then I don't see any reason why the Bills lose that game. Uh, Go Bills. And it's not hubris. Um, you know, I think last year in the the AFC title game, like I knew that the Bills were young. I knew that they had struggled with the Chiefs. And I wanted to believe that the Bills were going to beat them, right? But last year, the Chiefs were the better team. This year, the Bills are the better team, and that's not debatable right now. The Bills have played much better than the Chiefs. Granted, they've played a couple of teams that they shut out, and when you look at those two teams' records, they're not very good. But the Chiefs lost at home to the Chargers. They lost to the Ravens. Both of those games were Mahomes making bad mistakes. And I think the Bills' defense is better than either of those teams. They revamped the defensive line to get after the quarterback. So they tried to build the team to do what Tampa Bay did to the Chiefs. Yeah. And the Chiefs have made a lot of changes along the offensive line, too. So that's been part of their struggle. 
and against a really good Bills defensive line, I don't think that's what you want to go into it with. No, it's definitely more doable this time around. And they're pre they've probably been preparing for it. Oh yeah, this right here, the I mean, that picture of Diggs standing on the sideline watching the Chiefs celebrate, I mean, that's seared into every Bills fan's brain. They've been waiting for this game for a while. And I think you saw in the first game of the season, Cleveland had been waiting for their chance too. And they came out and they played a really good game against the Chiefs and they almost beat them. But Baker Mayfield did what Baker Mayfield does and he throws a bad interception late in close games and they lost. You know, sorry, Baker, but it just, it is what it is, man. Like, he did it in the playoff game against the Chiefs the year before. It went almost the same way, where this time Mahomes wasn't in the game in the playoffs. He had left with a concussion, and there was that questionable helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit that uh, Sorensen laid on whoever the receiver was right at the goal line, and he fumbled out of bounds, but they should have had the ball uh, on the one, or they should have had the 15-yard penalty right there. It should have been a score. So... That game should have been a lot closer than it was, but late in the game, they needed a drive, and with the game on the line, Mayfield threw the interception again. And it happened again in the first game of this season. So the Bills need to avoid that. Josh Allen can't throw the bad pick that kills him. If they're aggressive early and he throws a pick, that's one thing. If they want to go for it in a fourth down situation and they don't get it, like that's one thing. But if they're down by a score and they need to go down the field and win the game, can't throw the pick can't turn the ball over if they're ahead in the game and they're trying to close it out they got to be able to move the chains and they can't turn the ball over and give the Chiefs a chance so those are the two situations where they really need to be on top of it with ball control and ball security but if they want to play aggressive and go for the throat early like I'm not necessarily against that the Bills need to play their game they can't go in there and be like we're going to beat the Chiefs like doing what the Chiefs do like we need to go out there and be the Bills run the ball play defense Make things easier on Josh. And just do what they do. And that's what that's kind of like what Emmanuel Sanders was saying in the the interview that he did with the press for this game. He's like, we can't go out there and like focus on things we can't control. Like, we got to go out there and be the team that we are. And said, like, this is a great team. And I know we're a great team. They know we're a great team. So we just have to execute and do what we do. They can't get, like, deer in the headlights, which I feel like they kind of were in the last couple games like the first time during the regular season uh last year when the bills played the chiefs it was like josh allen was trying to throw the ball to the moon on every throw <laughs> it was like he knew he was playing against mahomes and he knew that it was like a you know a special kind of matchup and that they were both being featured and he was just very jittery and you saw it in the first game of the season against the steelers too like when josh is calm and under control like you saw what he did to washington you saw what he did to houston like he moves very smoothly. He can find those throws downfield. He knows what he's doing. But when he gets a little jittery and amped up, like he, he's a little inaccurate. He throws the ball a little too hard because he's trying to make things happen. But he's got to let the game come to him, and he's got to take what the defense is going to give him. And in this situation, the Chiefs' defense isn't good, so he's going to be able to take a lot. Um, and I know Diggs wants some revenge in this game too, so I wouldn't be surprised to finally see Diggs have like a monster, monster kind of day because... They were holding the shit out of him in that playoff game last year. And then when they finally got to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, that is, uh, there was like three defensive holding calls on them right away. And it changed the way that they could play defense against the Bucks. And so I was like, I was pissed that the Bills didn't get the calls, but I was uh, vindicated 
in knowing that like this is exactly what they were doing to Buffalo and they the Bills weren't getting the calls. They weren't getting the respect there. So Bills by a billion. Uh they're underdogs, so I'm gonna take them to win outright, which means they cover the two and a half. And then Monday night, a little anticlimactic with Colts Ravens. But the Colts finally got their first win too. Jonathan Taylor looked good. It's gonna be an interesting game right there. Ravens are at home. They're gonna be watching that Bills Chiefs game, knowing that if the Bills win and the Bills get to four and one, that the AFC is basically between the Bills and the Chargers at that point. Uh, I mean, if the Bengals win and if the Browns win, those teams would also be four and one. But in order to keep pace and to try and maybe have home field advantage, the Ravens are going to need to win that game. Oh, I didn't pick the... I forgot to pick the most points tiebreaker this week. Missed the deadline for it. And I remembered to do it. You did that one, but you didn't pick the game? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I know that deadline always comes first. So I had to make sure I got it in. And then I completely forgot about the Thursday game. Wow. Well, between the two of us, maybe we can... Uh, complete one full pick'em sheet one week there's going to be one week where i get everything done on time that's my goal by the end of the season there will be a week where you get it so i don't know ravens i have latavius murray it looks like he's the guy now tyson williams is having uh six yards of carry but they went into denver and they're like latavius is our guy so i think they're going to use him as the lead back and use williams as a secondary guy and then we'll see what they want to do with Le'Veon Bell. I would like Jonathan Taylor to have a big game here against the Ravens defense. I don't know that he will, but I don't know what else the Colts are going to do. So even if he gets me a short yardage touchdown, I'll be happy with that. Um, the Colts finally won, so maybe it's like they can breathe. <sighs> like maybe Carson Wentz is going to not be horrible for us after all. Uh, I don't have faith there. That's fair. Carson Wentz has not played well in the last two seasons uh there's moments where it's like oh well there's the guy that like you know almost won an mvp and then the rest of the time it's like oh wow he's trying to do way too much and it's just not working out uh so i'll favor the ravens in that one nor afc north versus afc south matchup there and that's it that's that's the end of the list anything else I think that's it for me. I need a win this week. And yeah. Well, what what do you what do you yet. need to happen in order to win? Other than you score more points than your opponent. I need the players that I have that are good to not underperform. Well, so are you playing Zacchaeus then? I am. All right. So you need him to step up in Ridley's absence. Who else? You need Cousins to have a little bit of a bounce back game. Him and Thielen together would be a nice pairing. You can do it. Who are you playing this week? Brian. Hmm. We'll see. All right, everybody. May your fantasy matchups be blessed, and uh, may your teams win unless you're a Chiefs fan. <laughs> and take care. Adios. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. If you enjoyed it, please help me out by liking, subscribing, sharing, wherever you get your podcasts. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me at info at And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills! Bills.